Serenissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair and beauty source and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today, Arganissima New York. Your beauty is our duty. Hey, 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 it's Dr. Cheryl Bryant-Bruce, MD, you know me, the Celebrity Doc, and we are here with Chatters That Matter. Let's talk about it. We are here for another great episode, got some great guests as always. Uh, again, that little bit of cleanup as we're talking here, if you hear anything that relates to you, remember, this is just a show. We are here to educate, inform, and entertain you. I, however, am not your doctor. So anything that you hear on this show, I'm a real MD. This does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. So if you hear it, you like it, talk to your own doctor and ask if it applies to you. That being said, we are going to jump into another great show. And we have some really good guests here uh, with a lot of knowledge Coming in, we have Dr. Garrick Boulier, and he is going to give us a little bit about his background in a moment. We have producer Jazzy Faye, and we have Mo Vickers from the hip-hop industry entertainer extraordinaire. And we are going to be talking about a number of different things, as we always do. But one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is, you know, this is the 50th anniversary of hip hop and, and rap. And in the hip hop and rap genre, we have a lot of women bubbling up to the surface, rising up, doing good things. One of the things that we are seeing, though, is a lot of women throwing shade at each other. Uh, cursing each other out, a lot of bad blood, bad energy going on. Uh, we're going to talk about that and its effects on the hip-hop industry, on women, and how women in hip-hop industry are affecting the future with regards to the fact that we have lots of young girls who are looking up to these women and aspiring. And so we want to talk about how all of this affects the young girls, the future, how it impacts the women that are involved in, in hip hop. And then we're gonna stretch that even further and talk about how it impacts men and relationships. So without further ado, I want to bring on Dr. Boulier. Um, and Dr. Boulier, 
correct me if I'm not pronouncing your name completely correctly. I, I recognize the French. You know, I was I was I was gonna say it like um when I introduced myself, so it's all good. Like it's 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 fine. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, welcome, brother Omega, and uh, tell us all about yourself. Yeah. So um, hello, everybody. My name is uh, Dr. Gag Voliere. I'm 28 years old. I have my PsyD in clinical psychology. Um, yeah, what about me? Uh, I am the incoming president for the D.C. chapter of the Association of Black Psychologists. Um, I was recently featured on BET, um, being being highlighted for the work I've done in the community for mental health. Um, G. Herbo brought me out, and we also had a one-on-one conversation about um, Black men in hip-hop and mental health. Um what else? I am a brother of Omega Psi Five Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, you I'm also per- have been cited recently in oh uh, yeah yeah in so, Psychology Today. Yeah, um, I definitely have a Psychology Today post. Um, it was based off of my dissertation. I assess vica- vicarious trauma in Black Americans who have not experienced police violence. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's it about me. Thank you. And and that that shows you that Dr. Bollier is is modest too. <laughs> this gentleman is doing big things and uh, has uh, been very much recognized. And it was uh, a speaker at the 2023 BET Awards. And he also has been recognized by McDonald's. Yes, yeah, so I'm a I uh, I was one, I'm one of ten. Um, people selected to be um, a black and positively golden change leader by McDonald's. Um, again, they highlight it. They highlight, you know, 10 um, under 30 something um, black individuals around the country for the work they've done. So um, the work my digital platform Psych Me Out does, um, it provides psychoeducation um, to the community and is um, founded by myself and my friend, Dr. Le- Alexis Ferguson. So we both... Um, uh, we both, uh, you know, run the page and we just like provide uh, just education about mental health, you know, for us, by us kind of stuff. Uh, right. right. And um, yeah. And yeah. And he, he has he has an Instagram at Psych Me Out and definitely yeah. go to that page and take a look because there is a wealth of good information for the black community there and definitely many great tips for mental health. That can be used by anybody, but certainly you know, are, are very poignant for the, the black community. So this this brother is doing some big things, big steps and uh, is going to be a, a, a leader in the community in this time when we are really focusing on mental health and and wellness. Now, Jazzy Faye, producer Jazzy Faye uh, is Mo Vickers producer uh tell us about yourself and tell us about mo <laughs> yes um well i'm i'm jazzy Faye. um a lot of people might know me from ladies and gentlemen sierra or <laughs> you know what i mean right. uh various others uh but sierra is like like namely my my uh my big baby um uh i produced everybody from tupac to biggie to to uh Snoop Dogg to um, Too Short to Tony Braxton to Brandy to Beyonce to P. 
Diddy. He Diddy to everybody you could probably think of. Mary J. Blige, uh, Jagged Edge, Aaliyah, uh, LSG, a lot of different people. Uh, over 170 million records sold up under my uh, production or writing or uh, vocal assistance. I, I sing, I rap, I, you know, don't do windows, not just playing. <laughs> I, I, um, I, um, I also um, am a part of a new movement called Javon Dewan and the Trap Stars. Um, and trap meaning talent revolving around purpose. That's the trap. So it, it's, it's an inspirational slash gospel movement. And we probably started this um, project about nine months ago now. Uh, and, and every song that we did was on a Wednesday. And we recorded these records and without a record on the charts, on the gospel charts at all, we just did the, um, I think it was like the 38th uh, annual um, Stellar Awards. We just actually performed on the big stage at the Stellars. And that's like a nice. big uh, accomplishment for such a young group in the game. Um, it it um, airs on the 6th of August. And you know, hopefully y'all y'all can see it. It's, it's it's definitely you know out of all of the music I've done, I think this is like the most my grandmother would have been proud of. You know, this is the one that I can I can take everywhere. We can take the that from from the from the church all the way into the to the schools with the young kids. It skews from eighty five to eight. You know what I mean? And I, I'm really excited to hear about that because uh, one of the things that I've been talking about with artists as I've, I've been talking with them is rap, hip hop have a huge influence on mm. the young people. And yeah. we want that influence to, to be positive. But if they're listening to songs that are talking about uh, shooting each other up and where, you know, the, the, the language and, and, you know, slap that hoe and, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. It's yeah, not it a positive vibe that we're, we're giving them. So to hear you all doing these types of things and creating purpose uh, within yes. that's huge. That's major. Yes. It, I mean, it is. I was raised in a church as, as a child, um, but but of course, you know, I, I went to public school and I was with entertainment. I was my dad was in the entertainment business, uh, one of the original barcades. My mom uh sang with everybody from Barbara Streisand to uh Philip Bailey from Earth Wind and Fire. Um so I've been backstage pretty much all my life, you know. I've been behind right. the scenes all my life. So um growing up like that and and I, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. A lot of people think I'm from Atlanta because I pretty much kind of took over, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Houston, Texas is my second home because of Mo, you know, uh, uh, not just because of Mo, but, you know, I, I built a, I built a real um, foundation in, in Houston, you know, with uh, early on with 8-Ball and MJG and, and uh, mm -hmm. Swap House uh, and mm -hmm. Tila um, was my first hit record with Show Enough. Um, and... Uh, uh, Thus, we we uh, had Show Enough Records, in which I signed Sierra to Show Enough Records, and also Young Jeezy, uh, Cherish, um, Block Entertainment. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot, a lot of different people came from that tree, like Young Jock, and and you know, um, a lot, a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. 
So right now, what I'm building is so important because, you know, when you talk about, you know, trap stars, talent revolving around purpose, meaning that, you know, once you let your talent revolve around purpose, you never be trapped again. You never be trapped in your in your mind and your and your yeah. heart, your finances, your relationships, you know, uh, uh, any of that. So once you you know put your trust in God, you push your. It, it's all it's cool to know who we are and what we are, but it's it's most important to know whose we are, who we belong Absolutely. to, and that that we we have someone you know that's that's uh, uh, supernatural that we can confide in. And and you know, not sure who anybody believes in, but but I believe that that you know, God Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and no man come to the Father but by Him. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I believe, and 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 I've been you know raised from that from from ten years old, and now I'm fifty. So you know what I mean. And, and we appreciate that you're standing yet. on that. We appreciate you standing on it and putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, he's a rock. You know what I mean? So. Um, and, and bless me, you know, uh, uh, amazingly and, and, and just continuing to be, you know, fruitful and, and creative at this point, I just came in kind of to say hi to y'all because I got a whole session that's coming in right now. I wanted to come in and say hi to you guys and, and, and you know, honor my, my baby girl, Mo, because that's, that's my baby right there. Um, um, her and, uh, BSGG little man and, and the whole BSGG crew. Um, they, they are, uh, they've been spectacular in my life and, and just, you know, just kind of like re really re, um, uh, in launching me into the Houston scene again, you know, kind of mm -hmm. encouraging me back, you know, in there and, and moving around in the town a little more. And when I got there, I realized that they needed it, you know, and okay. we're going to do more, we're going to do more. And um, I just I love Mo, and and that's my dog, <laughs> you know. And and she don't and she don't take no stuff from nobody, you know what I'm saying? And she's okay. my kind of people. So you know, I I've adopted her and and vice versa, and and we family from now on. And good to meet you all. Good to meet you all too. Thanks for swinging by, and hope you have a great session. Thank you, my love. All right. And love the glasses. Just love thank the glasses. You, you. I put them on just for y'all, you know. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I'm a partner with uh, uh, Vintage Frames. Vintage Frames okay. are coming soon, you know, uh, but Jazzy Faye and, and Corey. Okay, perfect. We'll be looking for them. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you have a great session and we are going to bring Mo in. All right. Love y'all. Love you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mo, Mo, Mo. Bye. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, oh. hey, ladies. All right. I'm Mo Vickers. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm 49 years old. Uh, me and Jazz have been friends about 15 years. Uh, I have a music label here, also hair salon, uh, uh, studio, um, all kind of things. You know, you tap into Houston, then you say Mo Vickers, you pretty much going to tap in. Um, me okay, and Jazzy... Sure. Yeah, me and Jazzy uh, have a youth program, BSGG Youth Program. It's after school. Uh, we teach the kids how to sing, how to rap, how to play instruments. Uh, we're about to drop a song probably in about a week. It's called Praise the Lord. Um, they learned a lot of gospel songs. 
during the after school programs, you know, I have anywhere from 60 to 100 kids. We kind of rotate in the class. They go from the DJ booth, from the, D, you know, from the booth to the engineering station to the classroom where the pastor is because it's the pastor there too that mm-hmm. he give them the word and it kind of goes. So these kids are from ages four to 21. Half of the kids I didn't even know had cancer. So, you know, they were such an enjoyment in there. It was like, I miss my childhood. So to see these kids like excited about this and and I know like they didn't understand. I was like, I need 10 words. I need y'all to say, give me 10 words that rhyme with yes. And they was like, this is stupid. But when they, they never wrote before. So when they got, when they, when they had all these sections of words and then they put them together to make a song, they were ecstatic. So right. now I let them come up whatever words they came and I put it on. We're going to put it on wax for them so they can hear it. I need, I said, I need y'all parents to sit all y'all, um, your music, you know, so you can get paid. And they was like, for real, you know, so that's what we do. Um, in the music industry, I just wish that it was something like that. With that, it's kind of, it's good because it gives them stage presence, how to talk, how to deal with positive things. Cause we didn't have social media when we were young, you know. We right. We had, we had talk, go draw something on the street outside, go play hopscotch, you know, stuff like right. that. We we, we weren't and doing all this. There's something to be said for that, though. There is something to be said for that chalk and go draw something out on the street. Yes. Yeah, we played volleyball and uh, kick kickball and all that in the street and four squares, you know. So now it's so different now because the grandmothers that we had are not here anymore the grandmothers that we need to be we need to kick in you know because i have grandkids right i um i have been in the music industry now um littleman is uh my fiance he is Mm -hmm. oh he's the other owner with me other bsg entertainment we have about 11 artists um all starting from age 17 on up we do a lot of positive stuff we do a lot of running around I kind of let them be them because they're going to have, you know, what I learned, it took me to get there. I want them to know it's available to know, but I don't want to force it on them because it's going to make them re- resist. So right. as far as me, then um, I'm kind of like a staple. I used to promote clubs for a long time and it was just in, for enjoyment. It was fun. I have did hair. I, I've worked in um, America, you know, in America. I mean, in a, um that AT&T, I've did some things and I've actually stepped out when I have a lot of different businesses. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at now. When I, when I hook up with Jazzy, I put Jazzy in a lot of different places. Not so much of that because he's, he's, I don't care where we go. They know that that is Jazzy. <laughs> they know that it's Jazzy. <laughs> so it's like a lot of times, he know, you know, when we first got back together as far as him, you know, he really was chilling. I was like, nah. Let's go. We you you gonna move the name that's attached to you, and he do. We have a lot of music that he's produced with us. So, so you're a, you're a mover and a shaker. But you yes. said something that caught my interest uh, when you first started. Uh, you said you are bringing them the childhood you, that you didn't have. You said you missed right. your childhood. What was that about? Well, when I was thirteen. Uh, I live with my great grandmother. I never lived with my mom and my dad's been dead since I was four. So we all lived in this two bedroom raggedy house with roaches and all kind of stuff. And I'm like, look, I don't know what it's supposed to look like, but I know this ain't it. My mama had mm-hmm. seven kids and, you know, I couldn't, I never stayed with her. So um, I just kind of ran away. You know, I was trying to find my way. I went, um, I was so smart. You? I was 13. Okay. I was 13. I kind of moved from here to there. I was taking $20 to go 
stay at a little motel, you know, trying to find my way. And um, I was real smart, though. I always made great, good, great grades. I was on a roll, but I didn't have any support, you know, so mm -hmm. I just kind of found my way through. So I, be I became an adult from 13. I went from 11 to grown. Right. <laughs> so, so when you when you ran away, did you stay in school? I, I stayed in school to the ninth grade, and then I wound up okay. going to get my GD. I went to community mm -hmm. college. I said, uh, so all my friends were taking the RN test. They was like, they, none of them can pass it. So I went and took the test, passed it with flying colors. I'm like, but y'all went all the way through school. I'm confused. So, <laughs> you know, so it, it was. That says a lot about the schools. <laughs> yeah, it was never, it was never the issue of me not knowing. I got pregnant when I was 15. I had my daughter when I was 16. I was like, you ain't going to be nothing. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. Well, I have um, different businesses that I'm in the pharmaceutical business. I also, you know, I step into, you know, where I'm dealing with hospice patients. I do a lot in that area. Um, okay. And when I stepped in, I just kind of start reaching for things myself. So I talking to people um, that were not doing hair. I didn't want to do hair. That's, mm -hmm. that's the first thing we run to is a hair salon. That's just a, mm -hmm. something to say you did something. That, that's not good enough because it does mediocre you're trying to do something that's past that point. So um, I go back. I do free classes on Saturdays. I've even I even pay for people that don't understand business. I pay for corporations for them. Uh, I try to explain to them. I give back a lot. Like for back to school, we give away, we gave away 300 pair of tennis shoes last year. Um, we gave away backpack school. Sheila Jackson Lee, our congresswoman, you know, she supports everything mm -hmm. that I do. So um, they normally show up in numbers when I come out. But. Right. For the most, now my, let's, my, let's, my, let's, my childhood. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's talk about uh, the, the people who show out. Now, mm -hmm. we're talking about the young girls. The young girls that show out, you know, a lot of them may be in similar situations to yourself where they're hitting yes. the street uh, early. Yes. And when they're jumping out there, you know, the influences that, that they're seeing, the influences that they're following um, are not always positive. That's and, right. uh, you know, the ones that are are showing up huge, you know, oftentimes their backgrounds are things like strippers and, and, and so on and so forth. And the message is this is the way that you make it. You know, this is how right. you're going to get the big money. This is how you're going to, to get success. What would you say to these young girls about the psychological impact that all of that is having on them and how they can look to something different and more positive? Well, I have a lot of girls that come in the salon, too, with that same idea they look at me and they think instantly, oh, she got it going on, not knowing the struggle I went through. When I talk to them, their understanding is like, whoa, you know, I thought you had to just go straight to this. And I was like, no, let me show you something. That's where the free classes came in, to show them something mm -hmm. different, to show them business, to understand not everybody can do business, but do you understand how to run one? I don't want you to get in business right. because, it's, because it sounds good. I want you to understand. So I go through the the logics with them and you know they come back to me every single time if i can show you my emails where my salon right now is open i have a bar a food truck i mean you, you we have we i have a bar i have a food truck and then the rest of it is set up but i set it up like a restaurant because that suffices the extra money 
that I was making when I was doing hair. So that's that mm-hmm. money. But when they come in there, they come to sit, they look and they was like, okay, I want to do this. I'm like, what do you want? What makes you want to do this? So in that, in the front of that, I'm throwing classes to intrigue, you know, let them know all they see is what's now, not the foundation that I came through. So I never mm-hmm. had a birthday party till I was 30 because I ain't mm-hmm. know nothing about all that stuff. I was in the, you know, in the streets trying to survive. You know, I went back. And how did that to... impact you? How did the streets impact you? It was uh, hard. You know? It was, <laughs> it was, it, 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 the, the impact was so hard. Like when I go back now, I think about like, how did I get through that? And I know it was nothing but God. But right now, the reason that salon is still open is because I'm being obedient. Because mm-hmm. I don't do hair. I have been retired for five years. I don't mm-hmm. do hair. But mm-hmm. that place is for the people who nobody else would hire. The place, right. my salon is the reject building. Put it like that. Well, now okay. the people have been with me. I've been open 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, half of the people that are there, they were either homeless. They were either going through something. They couldn't get, they couldn't pay for their license. They needed a place to stay something and that's that's where my obedience came in that's the reason and were why most so- of were most of the people that came to you young people young they started off young yes ma'am they mm-hmm. oh they probably that, i'm telling you that each one of them now has probably been with me 10 12 15 16 years but mm-hmm. they started here young and it's females and males mm-hmm. so you know i'm i'm the og on the strip <laughs> and okay. Kyle just, listen, I'm the OG on the strip. Everybody want to go holler at Mo, you know. Mo, let me, let me go and, and you're and you're still just a baby. So yes, <laughs> that, I'm that, still a baby. That says a lot. That yes, says a lot. You yes. have accomplished a, t- a tremendous amount um, in a relatively short time, given given your your young age. But then you started really, really early. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I did. Yes. Now, Doctor Garrett. We have a young woman here who started out, hit the streets early, but made some positive uh, choices. The influences were still there. Not as not as much as the influences now, because I mean, with the rise of social media, there's just so much. There's there's too much that is is being given to young people uh, too early and in ways that are not necessarily positive. So, Dr. Garrett, what would you say about the impact that social media and you know, particularly when it when it relates to the the hip hop movement, the the rap movement, and the images that we see coming out of that, how is that impacting our young women? Yeah, no, it, it's definitely it can be impactful, you know, especially like, you know, the wording uh, from the lyrics, and then people can internalize those lyrics, you know, so if they are looking at women as, you know, not human, or just, you know, just for sex, and, you know, just for show, and just to be an object, you know, some women may internalize that. Some men may mm-hmm. internalize that. May look at women like that. You know, and mm-hmm. because their favorite rapper says it, and that's somebody that can possibly influence them, they believe them. So it mm-hmm. definitely have a, an an impact on that because you know how you internalize it. Um, you know, you can go into how um, even skin color. You know, 
uh, women who are, you know, more light skin are, you know, seem to be more praised and even more shown in music videos than women that are dark skin, you know, so mm -hmm. that can your confidence. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's different ways that it can definitely affect, you know, a woman's perception of herself, unfortunately. Um, but there are, you know, female rappers that, you know, that are, you know, a positive influence of, of female rappers that can actually, you know, show the women that, that they're more than just, you know, sex and just for show. You know, they, they're smart, you know, they're educated, you know, they can make change, they're influential and things like that. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really just being mindful of what you're listening to and also having um, uh, the self-confidence and the self-love um, for yourself. Okay. And within, within the genre of hip hop and, and rap, uh, we see a lot in the music of women being pitted against each other. You know, we've got, uh, what, what is it? Carly B and, and Nicki Minaj, you know, at each other's throats. And then even within, uh, the, the television shows, we have love and hip hop and, and these shows where women are being pitted against each other for entertainment, but they're not just being pitted against each other, they're being pitted against each other in very, very ugly and demeaning ways. What does this do to the psyche of women? Yeah, you know, one, it may normalize it, you know, especially if it's mm -hmm. women that you really look up to, you know, women that you, that you, women that, uh, music that you listen to. So one, it really normalizes it and makes you think that it is okay. Um, mm -hmm. two, at the end of the day, it's all social media, it's all media in general. And unfortunately, that kind of things garner attention. So if somebody wants attention, they may engage in those activities because they know people would look and engage of what's going on. So not just, you know, being influenced by the fact that, you know, people that you look, look up to are doing it, but you mm -hmm. might be influenced to the fact you might be influenced to be an influencer, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in addition to that, it shows you that, you know, women, it, it also makes that it also makes it seem like women are um, are uh, are each other's enemies instead of friends, you know, instead of sisters, mm -hmm. you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So now it's kind of like it, it should only be like one of us, you know, if, mm -hmm. if, there's, more than, if there's more female rappers, then that means I got to take them out or that means I can't collab with them, you know, when mm -hmm. the reality mm -hmm. should praise and uplift each other so there's more of y'all you know to really take over the industry because there's a lot of you know i know that i know so many female rappers that deserve to get their shine and you know sometimes you know having these beefs can limit you know other new uh female rappers to come and also probably and also inhibit you know the young ones that are coming that are trying to bloom and you know uh come up as well so mm-hmm mm-hmm now this is kind of a, a loaded question i think um, in that, you know, women are trying to, to rise and they're, they're trying to be successful. Um, and yet these are the shows that are being promoted. These are the shows that are, are gaining attention. And if you want to be in the industry, you want to be in the business, there's a pressure to, to be like that. Um, do you think that that's an agenda? And, and do you think that that agenda is based on the psychological impact that it has? I would love to say something. 
Go ahead, Mo. Let's let you answer that then. Um, I'm not going to even lie. When I was promoting the club, the negativity packed well, the club. It packed the club. I can get on social media. And this is just a tactic I tried because I was like, let me see something. I, I would get on social media deliberately and say, hey, and you know, it just starts something. Before you know it, I had so many views and I hang up when when fill in the end. But it was, mm -hmm. for, you know, it was to pack the club and it worked every night. <laughs> every mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. I did, but then I had to figure out what you want to do. Do you want to, I can't be straddling the fence. You want to let these people know to make it right? Or do you want to, you know, it just depends on where you are with it. But they probably, this is fake beef to me. They creating something out there, yeah. but it's all for money. That's for views. Right. That's to hype it up. I'm not, I'm not going to even lie to you. I used to pack the club out every single night for almost 10 years. Right, I'll start right. some drama on the internet and I, I leave it right there. So by the time I get to the club, everybody waiting on me. Right. <laughs> so I can right. imagine. I can and, imagine. And I just, just want to jump in. And, I, you know, that's why I believe I feel like it's all about money. You know, click yes. it, it, it attracts attention. Unfortunately, drama. It's a bad way. Yeah. yeah drama. But unfortunately, drama is profitable. You know, yes, being being the villain is profitable. You know, I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, the agenda may just to be to make more money. But unfortunately, it's at the expense of us as at the expense of our people. Exactly. A hundred percent. Right. But right? in time, we need to stop, you know, going into those things because nobody's putting a gun to their heads. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. So we right. are. But but cloud is a hell of a drug. That's what I'm saying. Some people, <laughs> yeah. some people, some people like some people like that attention. Yeah. They find that attention. Right. You know how many right. people find being the villain of a reality show because that got that guess what more money. You know, there's a reason why right. the news is always negative stuff because that brings your attention. You know, all these good things that are happening in the world that you know good stuff isn't profitable. You know what I'm saying? Right. Isn't you know you know doesn't make doesn't doesn't bring you more views. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You'll get you will see more things that are bad than good because it's profitable, you know, right. so we have to change how we view things. You know what I'm saying? We need to understand that we're not just for like the white man's entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's profitable. And until we get out of that. And, of and we have to stop accepting that as our entertainment. You know, it, it has to stop being entertainment for us to watch each other fight and to watch each other tear each other down. Now, I, I had Dr. Heavenly on the show uh, a while back, and she was saying, you know, I mean, you know, stir it up was, that's, you know, that's what they do in the show is stir it up. Um, and she was saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the one for quick snapback and, and the whole bit. But she said, that is not who I really am. In real life, you know, I avoid conflict and drama in my own real personal life. But this is a character that, you know, she has built on the show. And as we were going through the interview, she actually, you know, tried to do a little stir it up you know, <laughs> with, with me to, 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 I guess, liven the show. But, you know, the point that I brought out was, no, this is who I really am and all of the clap back and all of that. That's just not me. And I think that we really have to, if that's not who you are, then 
you need to be authentic and we need to start appreciating the authenticity authenticity of who people are because even with the ones who are, are are clapping back and so on if you actually get into a conversation with them even if that's you know how they come they're hard and they got all of that personality going on but when you get into a conversation with them usually what you find is a a, a hurt person behind that so can can you address that um i think before I answer, can you like condense the question one more time just so I know, just so I can actively answer it? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of times, you know, in our culture, you know, you got a lot of head wagging and, and clap back and attitude going on. But a lot of times, if you can actually spend time talking to that person, you find behind it uh, a, a genuine person who is actually a nice person who's hurt who has been hurt. And so they portray this hard edge when they really may be very sensitive and, and gentle. And this whole culture is, is promoting that hard edge, but the authenticity of that person inside is really a gentle, good person. So I guess the question is, I'm not even sure what the question is. The question is, how does that edginess and, and that anger and, and everything that's brought to these, these negative personality images, how does that speak to these young people out there who feel like they have to be that, whether it's authentic to who they are or not I able to, in order to succeed. I get you. Mm -hmm. um, first and foremost, I like to tell people that like anger is a secondary emotion, right? Under mm -hmm. that, like um, when it comes to people being angry, you are, you are angry, but there's always an underlying emotion underneath that anger. So being angry is definitely a lot easier you know what i'm saying than to be um embarrassed to be anxious mm. worried to be disrespected to be um uh disrespected to be embarrassed you don't want to show those vulnerable emotions so being angry is just easier right so when people are clapping back um because they're angry maybe they're just hurt but mm -hmm. you can't show that hurt on social media because then people are going to think you're weak. So mm -hmm. you have to clap back and be even harder just so people know that you're not weak to know that they didn't hurt you. But in reality, it does hurt, but you can't mm -hmm. show that. So when you mentioned the thing about people who clap back and they're really actually nice people, that's stuff all the time. There's so many villains in reality TV that aren't really villains in real life, but that's what makes their money. That's what pays their bills. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I feel like people do act a certain way for money for, you know, cause at the end of the day, those kind of things pay their bills, but that's not who they are as a real person. And they don't let, I guess the media thing like that affect them sometimes, but for some people it does affect them, you know, but, um, 
that's what I believe. I feel like, you know, most people aren't really like that. They're, 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 they're really hurt, you know? Um, you know, there's so many different underlying emotions that comes from just being angry. You could be sad, you know? And hurt people hurt people. Exactly. Hurt people hurt people. So that anger can be stemming and rooted in so many different emotions. And some people don't even realize it. When people say, you know, you know, even even black men, you know, so many black men I know in, in the therapy room can't identify their emotions. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't identify your emotions, you can't express how you feel. How do you expect to heal and grow from what's going on? How can you even address what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you can't, so it all goes it all goes back to knowing, you know, yourself um, and knowing what you can do, what you can do, who you are and who you aren't. Um, some people get lost. Some people don't, you know, but um, I don't believe what we see on TV is the true per- is the true person of some people. But if that's what pays their bills. Then hey, is the true person, or is it, is the truth even? Because the truth that's projected right. on TV is that we are a, a hateful, angry population of of people who are willing to cut each other into pieces on but, a but, regular but that, basis. That stems, you know, decades and you know decades mm-hmm. of how they want to portray black people in general. Right. Look at us as these savages. You know, you can look at them as less human. You don't feel bad for the things you do. That's what that's what's going on in slavery. They didn't look at we weren't even humans, you know, so mm-hmm. we're just these tools. So, you know, a lot of things that happened, you know, decades ago, centuries ago are still happening now is just evolved, it revolutionized. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to that is I'm saying like. This is nothing new. It's just revol- it's just revolutionized. It just evolved. Right. Okay. Right. You know, now let's talk. Uh, let's talk about something that's coming out of that e- evolution of um, this slavery mentality and the divisiveness and pitting us against each other. Uh, because this is something that I have never seen to well i mean almost i was gonna say to this extent but no this is something that i have never really seen that's happening that i think is incredibly toxic right now and incredibly dangerous to us as a people one of the things that's happening with all of this negativity that's being portrayed and and shade that's being thrown at and by women and the um the disrespect that's being uh tossed around in the 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 rap and hip-hop music all of a sudden and i'm not quite sure when it it, when it happened, but all of a sudden there was this huge polarization of men and women and men and women are black men and women are at each other's throats. And there's no communication because black women are saying that black men are the demon spawn and black men are saying that, you know, black women are not worth the air that they they breathe and never the twain shall meet they cannot talk they cannot communicate and there's just tremendous disrespect being thrown between the two and i believe a lot of it has come up out of the 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 music and the 
images that are being portrayed and the the portrayal of relationships and the dysfunctionality of them. Yeah, I yeah. think. Oh, go ahead. Most definitely that uh, a lot of I think the difference now, uh, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I think I, I think the difference now. We used to go to church. These people don't go to church. <laughs> we we was we was they took church out of school. It just turned mm -hmm. to a whole hell yeah, a whole hell world. So they don't have yeah. nothing to follow. They don't have any morals. They don't have. They don't have. I, if I show y'all a text thread between my ten year old and fourteen year old grandchildren, they'd be like, "Grandma, what do they mean?" Every morning. What is integrity? What is what is moral? Things that we think is common sense to kids is not. So it's right. going to start with us. If we want them to get to the point where they are now and it's not happening anymore, it's going to start with what we're teaching them now. We got to keep in mind, we had real grandmothers. We had real great grandmothers. I'm a grandmother, but look at me. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't look like my grandmother did. You know what I'm saying? When I'm just being honest, like, right. let's be for real, you know. Now, I do teach them because of how I grew up, but in every other home, they're not getting that. They're not getting, I, I, I'm going to tell you how, how I know. I asked a bunch of kids. I say, hey, and these were kids were 7, 8, 12, and 14. I say, hey, if you're sitting in a car and it's hot and it's, two, it's 105 degrees outside and the car is not on and the windows are up, what do you do? Do you know mm -hmm. the kids cannot answer me? They did not know. They were like, uh, we don't know. I'm like, so you don't have a clue. What we think common ain't common sense no more. So it, it's going to take us getting there to do it. So that's what I, I love. I, I really think that there's a reason be, be, uh, behind that too. And I call it the dumbing down of America because mm -hmm. we have been being trained in the school system to be sheep, to be followers yes. because then you can be led you can be subdued by the powers that that be so i think um, amongst black people it is upon us to get back to, to our we, roots yeah. get to back to oh, our family values and to get back into the churches the churches served a purpose other than just Business. Religion. I mean, it's kind of like people talk about the Jewish religion, but a huge part of the Jewish religion is not religion at all. It's the training, the financial the training. training, the right. family training. And that is what we did within our churches, uh, our financial training, our, our religious training, our uh, our moral and ethical training, our political training came out of the churches and you're right that has largely been removed from our communities from everywhere and, um, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can ask the kids about god they don't know exactly the, i mean you know some of them do because they some of them may have some elders that you know they just it's just a talk now it's not an actual action anymore about mm -hmm. you know interacting with god let them mm -hmm. know there's something higher you know i i, I went through if you listen to some of their beliefs, I was looking at them like, 
Who raised you? You should sound like Lucifer yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this sound like I'm like these damn aliens. <laughs> but it's it's just a total different belief. Like they come with the what ifs and all the stuff that's outside of the Bible and the stuff right. that they believe. You know what I'm saying? But you got to realize this too. This what we're doing right now is going to be in the Bible a hundred years from now. Somebody reading about what we done. So a story right. was made by somebody. They don't, they, they're not trying to hear that. But that has a big effect on what, where, and when, and who they need to follow. Because right. because they're so lost, they're grabbing on to what's, what's popular and not what's needed. The popularity mm -hmm. has taken, and it's going to take over some of their souls if they don't snap back. Because they got mm -hmm. us looking like some fools. Well, now, where it was so demanding for the other people to want us dead, they just sit back and like, they're going to kill us, kill each other. I ain't got to do nothing no more. That's true. So, it, it, it has to come. It's going to start with us, though. Like, it has to start with us. We got to start doing stuff. And especially people that are trendsetters, they need to do something trendsetting. The, mm -hmm. the same negativity that you put in the, in the air, they already paying attention to you now. Now I need you to grab that same attention span and, and get these kids over for, because they doomed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are basically doomed. And what I actually find interesting about that is if you listen to the music, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the players, um, a lot of the artists that are producing the music, and some of it is the funkiest music with the most disrespect in it, and yet they will refer, you know, to to God. You know, I'm out here on this on these streets uh, shooting them up, and you know, God's gonna protect me. <laughs> what 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 the, what the 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 reason is because it's like okay right now i'm mo when mm -hmm. i get to the club i'm mo vicious so i have to go into uh, action so uh, now that's the same thing as an artist i am humble i am a person that believes now my action doesn't change who i am because my heart I do have a great relationship with God, but the show that I put on is a part of the act that I have to produce for the, for the, for the line of duty that I signed up for. So I signed right. up to be this artist and I have to act in that. Like my sister is a, co a comedian. She's very mild mannered, but on stage, she is a totally different person. She stands in and she knows she got to do this. She has to do this, but it's a part of, who you stepped so into. Are we, yeah, are we doing uh, ourselves and our community a disservice, though, stepping into these roles in pursuit Most of money? Definitely. Most definitely, because um, they are not trained any other way to make any money besides mm -hmm. what is produced in a negative manner. Mm -hmm. I don't see, like, what Jazz and them do, like, we went to Atlanta, we went to New, New York, we went everywhere with him doing the trap stars, you know, and they really perform like but they're mm -hmm. singing gospel music and it's about maybe 10 or 15 of them but mm -hmm. it's the same effect but it's kind of it's different if it's not the people is different let me put it like that to me mm -hmm. I'm, i was raised into it so I, of course you know once once it's instilled in you as a child you grow you always come back and i always you know you know further back to it but it's the needs of the business is mm -hmm. what is taking over us, which, which, is, which have taken over us. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't really see that in other cultures besides us. We're the mm -hmm. we're the we're the the mocks. <laughs> and right. we I guess it's so it's so and, and it did it still goes back to clout is a hell of a drug. Right. But can we not change that? Of course, because one of the things that we are responding to is, is not is well yes that we, we we're responding to the negativity but that i don't think is really what's driving us to hook to the the music because uh we you know we've got that thing going we are people of, of rhythm we are people of, of soul and you can throw that beat out there and you can say anything on that record, yabba dabba do. And as long as there's a good beat going on and a good hook, we're gonna gravitate to that. You kinda kinda you gotta kinda look at it like church music and rap music been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. But the rap music gonna get the bigger crowd every time. You it's like trying to pull a teeth to get the religion into people. So So why can't we marry? Why can't we marry the two? I mean, I would love to, but you got to get into the mind of matter for the people who don't know nothing about the other side. Now, when you talk to these people now, you can, they don't know nothing about what they heard somebody else say on a song about God. That's the only thing right. that they know. They haven't built right. a relationship and know that's what you need in, in order for you to be able to change how your music come about. How, what comes right. to your mind? What your what your message is at that point? Because even me as a little girl, I used to rap. I used to do poetry. I got probably a suitcase full of poetry that I've been writing since I was five years old. My goal in my head is I want to be the lady that writes the poems on the Hallmark cards. I've been saying it since I've been a little right. girl. So well, what, if, had, what if we put those Hallmark cards to rap music? What if we put those Hallmark ca and, cards to hip hop? And that's what that's what needs to happen. It needs to do something in the nature of what's gravitating. So if they like that's that's what made me start the after school program because it was rap. But when they got there, they thought it was going to be talking about some violence. And we in this. The name of the program is BSGG Youth Program. Stop the violence. That's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when they get in there. It's fun to them. They're DJing. They're learning how to engineer. They're in the booth rapping. They're going to Bible study, taking communion, everything. Like reading the Bible, have to recite them, stand back up. This was a diff this is a different program. So I, I gravitated. And they're not that same on the streets. Style. They're not on the street from ages 4 to 21, too. And I had a bunch of 16 to 21-year-olds in there. So um, mm -hmm. the thing about it is I, I, I touched into what they liked and got them over there. So I, I started, you know, going in the mm -hmm. field that interests them. And that's how I was able to get a lot of kids. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Dr. Garrett, what is your thought on that subject? I think it's important to understand kind of like what Mo Vickers said is to you have to meet people where they're at. You know what I'm saying? You have to meet mm -hmm. people where they're at. I feel like um, just to go like more psychology on you. Uh, there's the stages of change. There's the pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance stage. You know, so in psychology, when you're trying to make somebody, you have trying to have somebody make a change. For instance, somebody's trying to quit smoking. You have to meet them where they're at. The preparation, you got to see what stage they're in. 
you know, mm-hmm. so you have to meet people where they're at in those stages because there's different types of psychological interventions you can do um, regard depending on the stage. So that's how it is with this generation out there. You, you know, you need people to to meet them where they're at to mm-hmm. some things that are digestible. Like that's why I like to use. That's why my platform explains stuff that is digestible. Explains stuff that is um un- easy to understand. It's not therapy, but it's just. It's more so just like things regarding mental health that's accurate and from professionals, you know, mm-hmm. so understanding that you can't have somebody that's generations beforehand telling these kids to don't do this. You need somebody that's, you know, that's somebody that they recognize, somebody that they can look up to, just some a but that has a positive influence, you know, showing right. them. That's why having rapport is important, especially like in the therapy room, you know, making sure the people that you connect with, you know, um, the type of relationship they have with that person. So meeting them where they're at, I feel like sometimes I don't really, I don't look at kids being bad. I see them as more so misguided. You know what I'm saying? Right. So just having the right guidance and lack of guidance can affect, you know, the trajectory of your life personally. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, I think meeting kids where they're at, you know, having the proper guidance and, yeah, and, and speaking it in a language that they can understand, that's, that's, that's digestible to them. I think that that's a, a really important concept because one of the things uh, that you know, I like about you is you're a psychologist. And, you know, when people think about psychologists, psychiatrists, medical, whatever, um, the image of the past was corporate. You know, you had to have a white coat buttoned up. You had to have a certain look. And yet, you know, you're coming at this with tattoos, a, a big brand on your on your your arm. Um, Mo is coming at it with, you know, she's, she's got her, her hair braided with the blonde. And, you know, she she looks in a way that is relatable to these kids. You know, they cannot relate to this corporate image. And to say, you know, if you want to be anything in life, you got to look like this, you know, and, and, you know, particularly from our perspective, the message has been not only did we have to look corporate, but we had to look white. Um, and so when we have people like you who have this education, you know, who have strong messages, but you are coming at your clientele from a place of meet them where they're at. I think that makes a huge difference. You know, Mo is out there, you know, she's pulling these kids off of the street and she's feeding them positive, nutritious, healthy food. And I'm not talking about the food that we masticate. I'm talking about uh, the food that she's putting into their, their spirits and, and the morals and the ethics that she's infusing in but she's meeting them where they're at and I, I i think that the industry has to if we're going to move forward if we're going to rise if we're going to thrive the industry or we blacks in the industry and i'm going to extend that out uh, to all of the people of color cuz latinos are going through through the same thing and then you know um we melanated folk in the industry have to take responsibility 
for ourselves and the part that we have played in this. And we have to decide where we want to be and how we're going to get there. And if we are in those roles of power, then we have to take on the responsibility of reaching back and educating our own about business, about restructuring the images that we're putting out there. And we have to take our own power back and say, we want to portray positive imagery. We don't have to portray this negativity. We don't have to portray this disrespect. We don't have to normalize that. It, it just take a, it's just going to take the right people to do it. And it's, it's sad to say because of the trend sets that has been set. I, it's like I can take Jazzy. I take, and I take Jazzy a lot of places. When he goes a lot of places, I go a lot of places with him. He goes a lot of places with me. But in, a, in actuality, Jazzy ain't young enough for the new generation to believe mm -hmm. that he can follow, they can follow them. A lot of mm -hmm. the young people don't even know who Jazzy is mm -hmm. until they go back. He has he tells them I'm Sierra, and when he say Sierra, some of them didn't even know who Sierra was. So mm -hmm. you coming into it has to be somebody that they can completely relate to. So that that's what I did. I took little baby's beat, one of his right. beats, and they singing church songs on it. Right. <laughs> they knew the beat the minute I, I played it. They were, it was relatable. So mm -hmm. once we get off of this, I'm going to send you a video of them kids was going, they were jamming with their phones on singing, praise the Lord, hallelujah, to that beat. <laughs> so Perfect. it's just, it's just about bringing it down to their size uh, because it was never introduced to them. So it needs to be introduced to what have been introduced to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of good things uh, happening. Um, I mean, even let's let's take the cartoons that the mm -hmm. kids are, are, are watching. I'm seeing the cartoons just being infused with uh, with with hip hop and, and rap music and these cute little melanated characters uh are dancing and singing and 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 stating affirmations and uh you know putting forth scenarios where they're flipping positive situations and making uh, flipping negative situations and making positive choices that set it right so i'm seeing you know that they're starting to from that end get a positive uh influence coming i think that it just has to be done larger and and more globally and i do think that the younger kids um are definitely a place that we really need to to focus on um because we can have a huge influence on them early um but as you said you know your your group is 16 and, and 21 years old these are the next leaders and so we definitely need to impact them as as well because their time is coming up quickly. You know, in two minutes they'll be the OGs. So I I, I really appreciate what you are doing out there in the field, and I appreciate your courage in taking that on, especially 
given your background, because to hit the streets at that young of an age and to arrive where you are, that is no small feat. And, you know, I, I, I applaud you for that because it definitely shows that you are a woman of strength. Uh, you are a woman of, of courage and, you know, you are putting it out there that you are a woman of faith. And that also takes courage in this day and age. So, Dr. Garrick, is there anything that you would like to add to this soup in terms of thoughts about how we can move forward uh, to a more positive place? Um. I think for real, for at least for me, I think it's just doing your part. I think there's a lot of changes in a lot of different areas that's happening um, in this country, in this world, and in our communities. And I feel like it's too much for one person or um, a group of people to do. I feel like it takes all of us. It takes collective. Uh, it takes a collective group. Um, I think. Uh, finding out what you can do to help in, you know, the community is important for me. I know I can help with the mental health field, you know, Mo Vickers, is mm -hmm. helping, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in, I can't even speak in the industry, <laughs> no, you're helping in the medical field, you know, like everybody isn't a warrior. Some are healers, some are teachers and there's people that's going to fight the fight, but not everybody has to do that. Find out what your strengths are. And use that to help, you know, the people. Um, I think people are trying to do everything or doing things that they think or doing things that other people are doing, but not really tapping into what makes them them. And I feel like people need to know who mm -hmm. they are as people, you know, and do your role in the community. If you're a teacher, help Be the black kids teach. You know, if you're, you know, into music, help the black kids in music. If you are Doctor, help the black kids and being a doctor. If you are a janitor, sweep up the best black schools in the neighborhood. You know, <laughs> like it's it's really just doing your role and yeah. uh, whatever you're doing. And I think that collectively can help. Um, you know, us. So you like Umoja or Umoja, uh, Unity in Kwanzaa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you do you? have anything to throw out there in terms of how do we bridge this divide between our men and our women because that's going to be an important part of this uh if we're going to go forward and and thrive because if this division remains then we're we're doomed I think i think stop listening to social media and um really just start having conversations with the people that you see in person, I feel like social media, like especially like stuff on Twitter, it makes it seem like we're trying to stab each other. But, you know, the people I'm around, you know, I love them and they love me, you know, like it's it's I feel like we just need to step outside of this social media era and just go back outside and just like interact. Well, with even I'm sorry, right, even ahead. in the social, even in the social media, maybe we need to create a good group. 
and get them on mm-hmm. social media since that's where they want to be. We're going to have to meet them, like we said, meet them in their lane. Meet them where they can. So, yep. Yeah, so so let's create one from New York to Houston. Here we go. We, this is a good game. Well, we meeting up in in the Bahamas. We meeting up. Mm-hmm. We taking the kids to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Create something positive on social media because they're not going to get off of it. It's almost like telling me when I'm a kid I can't go outside, I'm going to get in trouble, and I'm going to sneak out the window. <laughs> so right. you basically got to come to where they are. Let's create a, create a good group. The name of the gang is Good Gang. I'm a, I'm a nonprofit organization. I'm a 501c3. This is what we're doing. We're going to all get everybody to pitch in. We're going to get them jackets that say it like they are part of a game, but it's a good game. Change mm-hmm. the narrative. Put them, let them mm-hmm. say where they are, but it's going to be more intriguing because now everybody want to be a part of something. Since they right. don't know that they need to, since they don't know that they need to lead, they're going to follow. So right. use what you know is bait. Let's turn it into right. a good situation. I have groups now. That's how I started that youth program because so many kids come to me, uh, Amo or Mama Mama, that time, you know, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you see me as. I take them on field trips. I have big picnics once a year, every year, invite everybody, give away free crawfish, free t-shirts, let them perform. You got to create a good, a good space for them. We're saying we don't want them to do this, but then we don't have nothing else for them to do. So be the brain, right. be the brain that takes it to another level. Let's keep them on social media, but let's get in the good game. Who you a part of? In my in my in my bio, it says Mo Vickers, the leader of the good game. What what is that? I want to be a part of it. We talking about the Lord over here. Come on with it. You see, they are gonna mm-hmm, join. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. to be a part of something. When mm-hmm. we walk, and when we you're right. We, you're absolutely right because we all want to be a part of a, a part tribe. of something. Yes. Mm-hmm. When we walk, when we go do music, it's eleven artists, but I can guarantee you, it'd be over a hundred with a hundred of us when we go to do a show. Everybody mm-hmm. in the group got on BSGV. That means Backstreet Go Getter. That's from mm-hmm. Acres Home in Houston, and you know I'm from Hardy Street on Houston. I grew up hard, so I grew up in mm-hmm. Hardy area. Fifth so Ward. Yes, that's where I grew up. But that doesn't mean that's where I my mind frame stayed because I wanted more, and not because I seen more. I just start hanging with the people and getting involved in the areas that I wanted more from. So in order say we that again, say yeah. that again, because I think that that is an important piece. You came from the fifth ward. My mm-hmm. mother came from the Bronx and then she moved into Brooklyn down, you know, North Portland, Flatbush. It was, you know, they weren't great neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but you made a choice. My mother made a choice. My grandmother made a choice mm-hmm. that the hood did not have to define Come with me. <laughs> or, or where they were going. That's right. And I think that's what's really intriguing to the people that come around now. Because I still have a lot of, like I said up at the salon today, a lot of, hey, Miss Mo, little kids, they eight, nine years old. They can't mm-hmm. wait to catch me at the salon. And I'm there, you know, because I understand the need. <clears throat> One girl, she's, she's giving her mom a hard time. She, <clears throat> her mom didn't know how to deal with her. I told her, hey, this is what I need you to do because she, she's going to have a hard time talking to her 14-year-old, not me. They already mm-hmm. love me and they trust me because they see something different. I had her to write down everything that she loved about her mom and what she didn't like about her mom. I said, write this down. She's like, I don't want to define. But it was things that she wrote that her mama never even knew. And I told them, I said, these are things that y'all need to work on. I told her, now you give her the same list and exchange it. See, 
what we think people mm. know, we kind of got to put it on paper sometimes. And just and this is how I got them to a closer point. She called me the other day. She said, Mo, I ain't going to. I've had no trouble on my daughter in three months. Whatever you told her work, I ain't tell her nothing. I told her, you get one. That's it. You get one mama. <laughs> you better mm -hmm. figure it out. And you better mm -hmm. figure out where you're where you're feeling neglected at. And it's so much hurt within our culture that's held in and went and goes from generation to generation. It goes from mm -hmm. generation to generation. It's not fixed. It's just swept under the rug. So now they're acting it out wherever they feel they can get the most popularity from. Right. So right. It, it's, it's a culture thing of a generational curse that has to be broken. That's what it is. And I, I think that we really do have to acknowledge that. We got to acknowledge it. We, we can't fix it if we don't, if we don't uh, know. Uh, acknowledge it and then address it. She, she wrote some things on there that her mama had no clue. Mm -hmm. And she, and vice versa, this was just talking. I say, so tell her how you feel. What don't you like about your mom? What don't, what foods don't you like? She thought it was stupid when I was saying it, but when she went back and re when they exchanged lists, if it, it helped what they thought, they didn't even know. They didn't even know right. that's what was the issue and, and cured a big thing with them. I think being on the outskirts and then coming back in just made me a clear mind and, and that's what I explained to them about leading. Everybody right. can get a, be a boss, but do you understand the position to be a leader? It's different. It's a different understanding. Right. right. Yeah, it's and, a different uh, understanding. I actually, um, something came across my feed um, yesterday, and I think I reposted it. I'm not sure if I did, but it was a little interview uh, by Snoop, and uh, he was saying that you know anybody can can be a leader and a leader doesn't mean that you're the boss and you have to to run everything he said i don't always have to to drive yeah. and i always am seeking new knowledge and i'm always trying to make the people i'm working with better because that's what a real leader does you and make I, another boss you That's create right. bosses. When you are That's a boss, right. you create one. You have to mm -hmm. have the mindset of an ongoing. You pass that baton. You pass it on. Absolutely. Keep going. Whether it's family or not, if it's cultural, if it's culture, then you keep it going. And a lot of people are unaware of that. Like I, it's a, I have, when I do these free classes on Saturday, these ladies came in there. She had a salon probably about three years. She's probably right across the street from me. I don't care. He could be in the same building with me. What's for me is for me. What's for you is for you. She mm -hmm. wanted her own products. So I gave her the number. Hey, this is how you get your own shampoo, your own. She was standing there crying. She said, I just never thought she was told me that. Baby, I can't leave here with that. Where I'm mm -hmm. going with <laughs> Right. Leave, uh, it's, and what's for you is for you. It doesn't matter anything I'm doing. I'm not, that's not, that's not who I am. That's not what, if I, right. I, and that's the process of being a leader. You have to be able to share things. You have to be able to understand that you can't always be over them. You, you were once under somebody. You can't mm -hmm. expect to, for somebody to stay that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is, this is excellent words of advice for for people and i think that really what you're putting out there is that we do have to come together and yes. we do have to create these spaces mm -hmm. where people can be vulnerable 
yeah. where people can come into their power because we don't empower anybody they empower yeah. themselves and okay. we have to create spaces where they can gain that power where they can gain the knowledge and we have to release that knowledge because so many of us are holding on to it so tight because if we release it it may take something away from us sharing the knowledge is not taking anything away no, from you because anything away from you when you get knowledge it can't be a taken away from you That's and sharing it only expands it sharing it makes you bigger and it makes us as a community that much greater that's that's absolutely right i had a few girls that came in and uh probably probably about i'm gonna say about four months ago this like she had worked with me for two years she was working at home she left she wound up leaving i thought she was mad you know i didn't hear anything Mm -hmm. from her but about four months ago, I get this big tag on Instagram. And it's probably long as a, the red carpet telling me, man, if it wasn't for you, the words of encouragement, the things that you taught me. She has a huge multi-million business now. And I say, what happened? She say, you. She said, you took a chance on me. You gave me stuff that, that made me strong because I was scared. And I have to come back and, and give you five <laughs> Give you a high mm-hmm. vibe about the, about the things and how you led me to believe. Because she was like 19 years old when I got her. She probably like 24, 25, 26 now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she really, she took it on to another level. I started explaining to her about credit. Nobody told me about credit. I messed up my credit when I found out what credit was. <laughs> then I got <laughs> it again. So, you know, those type of things now that we think is like somebody going to know, they need to know. But when I, one thing I did know and where I learned it at, it's like my 14-year-old grandson has a corporation that I have been building. All my grandkids, I have three. It's called Amari, Ziggy, Richard, and the mm-hmm. LLC. That's their name. And in that, it's been building for four years, maybe five. I just I started probably about five years ago. Well, in that, my oldest grandson, the day he turned 18, he will be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. He understands. I wouldn't check his drawer. I, he, every dime, he understands credit. Every dime he gets, he saves. He understands very well. But this is how we have to instill it in them like they instill it in theirs. We too mm-hmm. busy. We, we, we scared to leave our children something. We like crabs in a bucket, which is crazy. Right. But I didn't know I didn't know to do that for my kids. My grand, my grandkids will. They will have it. They will know. It, they will not get it out the mud. I promise on my great grandma, they won't. <laughs> they right. not gonna get it out the mud. I went through that absolutely to tell them, to show them what not to do, and everything that we think for bad sometimes is meant for good. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really excited because I am seeing more and more of this e- emerging. I'm seeing young people in their. 20s, early 20s, who are creating corporations, who are yeah. working collectively. I'm seeing the OGs, you know, stepping up and and creating groups and, and reaching back and, and educating. Uh, I, I think that the more that we do this, the more that we see it, the more that we speak on it, and the more that we collectively say, these negative images are not who we are and we can be better. We're going to do better. Then we will 
really start to bubble up and and rise because we are the cream. We are the cream and we just need to take our rightful places in the world. That's right. So um, if there any last, if, if there's a major takeaway point, what is the, the one thing that you would say? Failure is not an option. Bingo. Bingo. Dr. Garrix, um, same question for you, my friend. For me is do your part. I like it. I like it. And, uh, you know, for, for me, it's, it's, it's our tagline. It's you are your greatest asset. Invest in yourself. And I see uh, Ricky has been off camera and uh, silently listening out there. But Ricky, I, I know that you always have a, a, a word to throw in. If you have a takeaway, if you could just come on camera and share that with us. Um, and he may just be kind of listening silently back there. <laughs> but I think that we have had a tremendous conversation uh, a tremendous launching point. And I would like to put a challenge out there to the, the both of you. Um, I would like to get together. I, we, we've had some guests in the past who have spoken on such uh, organizations and, and reaching out. And I really think it's time for us to pull together and set these organizations up. And I liked what you were saying, Mo, about having something where we can take the kids somewhere and instill this knowledge into them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I guess my challenge to, to you is to come on board with me and let's create this instead of just talking about it. Let's get it. I'm from the let's go world. I'm with it. Okay. <laughs> with them. That, that, uh, I tell them this when they, when everybody leaves the building, everybody says one, two, three, with them. And you know right. what that means? W I I F M. That means what's in it for me. They say that uh -huh. every day. Mm -hmm. What's in it for me? With them. That's what they say. So that's how, that's what encourages them to come back tomorrow. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, I I would like for us to come back to tomorrow and create something that we can lift them up with. There have been a lot of uh, we've had rappers and you know we've had dentists and we've had other doctors and you know we've had a lot of people on this show, uh, mm -hmm. positive people who want to do something, who see right. uh, a need, and I think that it's time to to stop talking about it and, and start pulling and these people it. together and, and let's, let's do it with them. You know? That's exactly, that's exactly what I do. The same energy that I use to get them people in the club. Let's take that. Cause I ain't gonna lie to you. It was packed. Okay. <laughs> and it's not hard. If it's okay. fun. And like, I, I have a gang of, I'm very creative when it comes to mm -hmm. stuff. That's how we even started the program. But they, I am willing and ready to get them moving. I have a lot of kids on my end on this side already from the after school program, but mm -hmm. us traveling and moving them around, that's my goal. Okay. I, I, cause that... Even throughout my, my, my nonprofit, I have a 501c3. I, I hadn't got any grants or anything. I just was funding it myself. 
because I want them to experience it. It wasn't it wasn't based off of money at that moment to me. And there's enough money out there. I mean, you know, we look at ourselves as a people that don't have wealth, but we control tremendous amounts of, of wealth. And mm -hmm. yet, yet the majority of us never move outside of a one mile radius of our homes. The majority of our children will never travel worldwide. The majority of our children will never experience anything outside of their own little bubble and what the media instills in them. So right. I, you know, I, I want to create these spaces outside mm -hmm. of their neighborhoods where they can be exposed to different things. You know, we can right. do uh, an event in, in Costa Rica. We can take some kids to, to Singapore. You know, we can shoot, we can just move them across the country because some of them haven't even been across the country or, or even to the next city for that. To matter. the next city. Yeah. And, uh, and, so and our, our first one was going to take them to Disney because that's a lot of their dreams. There you go. There you go. And not, everybody, not, everybody, everybody needs to go to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody needs to go to Disney because I know last year I took about it was probably thirty, probably forty of them. I took a bunch of kids. I took mm -hmm. I just and we all flew. That was their first time flying. Right. They were like, I'm like, what are we doing? Whatever y'all want to do, y'all better hurry up because mm -hmm. this is all I got. <laughs> right. They right. Had, they had a blast. They did. They had a blast. Right. So, yeah. Right. And so, dear, you know, there are definitely things that we. We can do and we can take them from the littlest to the the, the biggest and they can interact with each other and, and help That's each right. other. We can be community. That's right. So and I think that that's an, an important thing. We have to bring back community and mm -hmm. responsibility for that yeah. community. Um, and uh, Dr. Garrick, Mo. I appreciate you coming onto this show, imparting oh. your, your wisdom. I appreciate the energy that you both bring. And I definitely want to have you back uh, so we can have more of these conversations because, uh, you know, we're, we're a community of people that are hurting and yeah. we, we need to start healing the trauma and cutting the drama. Oh, that's the name of the group right there, what you just said. Right. Healing, <laughs> healing the trauma. Healing the trauma. Yeah. Healing the trauma. So we are going okay. to do this. And we are going to wrap this show up tonight because we've said plenty. And I think that we've done plenty. We've done some work here tonight. Yes. So uh, Mo Vickers, thank you for joining us. Um, for those of you out there in the audience uh, sharing this with right. us, thank you for coming and sharing with right. us. Again, this is Chatters That Matters. Let's talk about it. We're here to educate, inform, and entertain you. But most of all, we want to interact with you. So hit those like buttons. There's little boxes down there that mm -hmm. allow you to communicate with us. Put some words in those little boxes. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Hit the share button. Send it to your friends. The more, the merrier, because it's hard to have a conversation all by yourself. So we want you here to be a part of the, the conversation, to share with us, to be a part of this show. We're here every week. Come back. 
You can find us anywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Roku. We're all over the place. The show is Chatters That Matters. Let's talk about it. We're on the EMBC TV network. And everybody have a good week and a good night. We have gotten through hump day. Yes. (laughs) Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chatters That Matters, for having me. This is your girl, (laughs) Mo Vickers from Houston, Texas. Tap in with me at M-O-E underscore Vickers on Instagram. Hey, how you doing? This is Dr. Moliere. Thank you, Chatters That Matter, for inviting me to speak. Um, Please follow my digital platform, Psych Me Out, P-S-Y-C-H-M-E dot O-U-T on Instagram. So Psych Me dot out on Instagram. Thank you.